Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a hungry person delving into some pizza. This week, I had brilliant actor and director Hamza Jitua. You might have seen him in Being Human or Capital or Combat Hospital. He's done a lot of TV and film and he's currently in My Jihad, which is on iPlayer. We had a brilliant chat about acting, not receiving awards and eating a lot of pizza, very big pizza so enjoy this week's episode is sponsored by penguin in the room award-winning marketing for the arts go to www.penguininthearoom.com for more info it's time for baines plus one with samantha baines he's here hamza jatua hello hi (laughs) thanks for coming in now we checked how to i checked how to pronounce your name didn't i yeah because it's got it's got a there's a lot of vowels going on yeah, I think it was it was actually in in drama school. Someone pointed out it was an American girl called Lee Lytle, and then she said, and then she said, um, "That's a lot of vowels." <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I never actually thought of it like that before. I was like, God, goodness, it is. It wouldn't do well on Countdown, would it? Do you know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> no, it'd be perfect in Countdown because you always get too many vowels and you don't know what to spell. True, but you can't spell people. Can no, you? you can't. You can't. Um, and how did you describe? to me how to say it because I think this is brilliant <laughs> to, uh, to use the drink the um, non-alcoholic you can say a brand it's fine J2O <laughs> <laughs> and I'd actually have to say it's in it but then put a G with it and then J, J G2R so like an A like one of those little French A's or something yeah I like it yeah. I feel like this should be your rap name <laughs> do you rap G2O what yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know but you'd spell it G the number two and an a, a and an a yeah and you could have like a necklace i've got a necklace with my surname on it you could have a necklace with g2a <laughs> yeah. on it just offering good, it out there and um, thanks for coming in what have you been up Thank to this week um i was i was at a very interesting award ceremony on sunday yes which was the first of its kind um the one of the biggest sort of asian newspapers called e- eastern eye and they do a huge Asian business awards because Asian people are very good at their business things. But they're, <laughs> they're, they've taken that and they've kind of applied it to the arts. So they've made this arts, culture and theatre awards called the Actors. So when they kept good. saying actors, I kept thinking actor. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was, yeah, there were, there were other people there as well, like painters and dancers and musicians. And, and you presented an award, didn't you? I presented an award. I was also nominated yes. for an award. But they, um, they put me in the film category, which was strange for a BBC I play. I guess it was a short film in the beginning called My Jihad. But then it eventually became a miniseries, but they still treated it as a film. It's one of those things. And then they put me alongside Dev Patel. Wow. So Was that cool? Cool as well. When I, I was like, oh. When I, <laughs> um, and who won? Dev Patel. Won, yeah. yeah. Did you perfect your? Did you think he was going to win, um, or were you like, "Hey, I've got a bit of a chance here"? Because it's awkward, isn't it, when you're going up against amazing people? Yeah. I mean, it was me, Dev Patel, and an Australian Indian actor who, but the both of them had done like a huge list of feature films. And then it was me with a pokey BBC iPlayer short. Um, okay, BBC iPlayer's not pokey. It's good. Come on, um, I'm in a new BBC the, Three series. I'm, no, we, we love, love the BBC. BBC. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I think I was punching above my weight a little bit, but I did think, I was like, maybe it'll be one for the underdog, but you know, it, it wasn't. Did you, did you have to like plan your, oh, I didn't get it face? 
Because everyone turns around and looks at you. No, don't they? I mean, I was quite cheesed off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you go? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, uh, the injustice. It was like, um, it was that friends moment with <laughs> Joey Tribbiani where he doesn't win, and he's like, <laughs> um, no, I, no, I, I was. I was when the name happened. It, it does hurt because <laughs> I, I don't know how they do it on award shows when the camera's right on them yeah. as well. Thinking, oh well, goodness, Sheridan I should have won Smith that. famously I heard, had what, a moment. I, I tried to look for it on the internet, but I couldn't find it. I mean, it was like a split second, but you could totally understand it in a split second. You would be like, oh, but then you'd win. be like, please for them, yeah. and that's exactly what her face did. But the internet went a bit crazy with it. <laughs> Did uh, your face do that? Um, it might have done that, yeah. Luckily, there was no there were no <laughs> cameras. Luckily, it wasn't no cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the, when when I went up to present the award, there were a few other pictures from there, and my my girlfriend who was with me, uh, she was taking pictures, and then she zoomed into one of them, and she saw me actually holding the award to give it to the other person, but just looking at it <laughs> longingly. Like, and I remember actually being on there, thinking, "Oh, this feels so great in my hand. Why do I have to give it away?" <laughs> it could have been mine. <laughs> me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, very exciting week. You've also been filming, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Baines plus one. It's me, Samantha Baines, with the marvellous Hamza Jutua. Hello. Here he is. Actor extraordinaire. Every time I say hello, my voice kind of breaks. <laughs> if uh, I'm still trying to work on that. I, I like that you're going through puberty <laughs> right here it's on Baines plus one. <laughs> um, we're having great chats in between. Also, you bought a brownie with you, so you're mm. my favourite. <laughs> Um, now it's time for the quick fire round Hamza are you ready yep okay have you ever been in a quick fire round previously no ever no okay well just really straight in there fine Um, so here we go Hamza Jutua it's your quick fire round city or countryside city tea or coffee tea early bird or night owl night owl Why fronts or boxers boxers burger king or mcdonald's mcdonald's instagram or facebook instagram car or train car Comedy acting or straight acting? Comedy. Ketchup in the cupboard or the fridge? Fridge. Directing or acting? Directing. Speed dating or Tinder? Um, speed dating. Adventurous or cautious? Cautious. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Cats or dogs? Cats. Jaffa cakes, are they cakes or biscuits? They're cakes. Okay. <laughs> you passed. The quick fire round. You shocked yourself then by know, picking directing over acting. Yeah, I do quite a bit of that. Do you but prefer I, it? Did I you think say that? Because I'm thing? doing so many pictures at the moment for projects that I'm directing on, so I'm like branding myself as director. <laughs> using actor to become director. Oh, I see. Yeah. So at the moment, you prefer directing. Or do you always prefer directing? I didn't know I'd like directing, to be fair. It's when we were making stuff from drama school um, that we sort of began make, making things. And then I kind of started to... Actually, if I got behind the camera and I made the, the actors do this and that, and then I started to really enjoy it because you get more creative control. I think it's just my quest to take over the world. Power trip. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Because um, we were in something together, weren't we? Yes. This is Steve. This is how we know each other. Mm. This is Steve. I remember what? you, actually. I think you were at my audition for drama school. Yes. That way back. Because I think way we were sitting back. outside the, uh, the audition room and you were... Having me- a chat. Having a chat. 
<laughs> telling us what it's like on the inside. Because basically, I went. We went to Central School of Speech and Drama, mm-hmm. didn't we? And I did my course, and then I didn't want to leave, so I just came came back all the time. I still work for Central School of Speech <laughs> and Drama. I've just done one of, the, one of their MA films. Oh great! Yeah, I'm not leaving. Yeah, we never want to leave. <laughs> no. Brilliant, Amanda Brennan, who yeah, runs the course. We just love her. We don't want to leave. So yeah, I I used to help out with the auditions, uh, and I was like, he's good. <laughs> He's good, Amanda. Let him in. But then we did This Is Steve together, mm-hmm. which, do you want to tell us all about that? Yeah, many moons ago now, wasn't it? Um, it was a web series about an American who comes to London to win back his girlfriend who's been in London, but actually they haven't spoken since she's been in London and she's been seeing a Londoner who was me. <gasps> dom, dom, dom. And I was just a crazy woman <laughs> in it very briefly. <laughs> you had a wonderful cameo that upstaged the entire series. So, you know. <laughs> they were like, Sam, can you come in and play a crazy woman? Because we don't know anyone else who could be yeah. crazy. Yes. <laughs> so, was that your first foray into making stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I, I think I'd say that's what it was. We made a couple of sketches because we were the last year that now the students now, they get for their final coursework dissertation thing, they mm. get to actually make films. We weren't allowed to do that. No. We weren't allowed. But um, we just th- acted in them. We just acted, and um, yeah. So the, a group of us just started making things and sketches, and then the web series came. I think late two thousand and ten, and then from there onwards. And do you really. think making stuff has helped you as an actor? Yes. How? It's working with a lot of actors. Kind of makes you think. No, I don't want to do that don't do that and don't do it's just about also professionalism on set and how you get to where you want to be quicker mm. and you kind of and it's also you're working with actors and also working with other directors and see what they do and you kind of try to figure out your own way through it so any top tips for actors not to not things not to do on set yeah turn up I mean on, I'm totally listening here. <laughs> I can't say turn up on time because I was five minutes late on the northern line today <laughs> I mean I was late too for the whole show so it's fine um I, learn your lines properly it's one of those things that you could just tell like when actors actually don't know their lines properly properly and they're they're pretending to act but they're actually looking for their line um, yeah, I think but that. isn't that hard? Because obviously you've been a regular in series where you're filming consistently. Obviously, things like soaps are a very quick turnaround, whereas yeah. some TV shows you've got a bit longer. But is it hard when you've got all these lines? It, I mean, I'm not saying it's to easy, learn them but inside it, out. it's like it, it is. I think it is the job. I think it's one of the, like lines is one thing. Even though if you get it really last minute, you make the time. You have to have to have to learn it. And I've noticed that, I mean, I've been on the end of, oh, I don't quite know my lines. And then when you, I feel like it stopped me from doing what I could, what I could have yeah. done. And then before you know it, they have to move on to the next shot or the next scene. You know, oh. So you're affecting the other person in the scene if you yeah, don't know your lines. Like being a bit rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good excuse. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that if you. Yeah, she didn't know her lines. That's why I wasn't doing that's a good why, job. You know, I could just sense it. Um, so we've got a few more questions, <clears throat> excuse me, that we ask everyone. Um, so, what is your biggest guilty pleasure, Hamza? Guilty pleasure? You said guilty pleasure like you're never guilty about anything. Guilty pleasure. I, I just, just had I loads just... of pleasures. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think what. Um, I think eating large pizzas 
and try to conquer one on my own. Okay. Well, I, and I can. How large? Just the largest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't quite know how many inches. It's just when you order it from the pizza place. <laughs> okay, um, just large. Just large. Fair enough. And and you can conquer that, can you? <laughs> you can conquer a, a 12 inch, <laughs> a 14 inch. With the right amount of toppings. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's gone a bit naughty now. Right, so um, the most recent lie you've told... You're really thinking there, racking your brain. I need to get back to you on that one. Oh, are you a liar? Do you try and always tell the truth? I try to always tell the truth. But my lies are so complex and so wonderful that I don't know what lies anymore and what's reality. You've convinced yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said I have to get back to you on that one. (laughs) We're on the... You can't come back. This is live. I'm going to call (laughs) in next week. (laughs) Um, any secret habits or talents? I can move one nostril. Oh my god! Which is not it. useful for radio. <laughs> is that a thing that other people can't do? Producer Kate, can you? No, she. I mean, that's weird. Oh wow! Just one. Yeah, you can. We'll have to do a little video of that. Should we do a boomerang of it and put it on <laughs> yeah, Twitter? Yeah. And <laughs> um, what makes you angry? Um. Bad drivers. Okay. Road, road rage is probably when I get I get wound up very quickly, and um, people that put full beam on when they drive, like the full beam, the lights. Head, yeah, and it even in the dark, it, yeah. <laughs> when like when they just should have their normal headlights on with their full beams on, and then it's glaring in your mirror, and you can't look at your mirror because it's glaring back in your eyes. So you're having you're having to duck to drive to not get the glare. Wow, I feel the rage. You know. Are you? Do you drive around in London then? Yes. Oh, that is stressful. <coughs> yeah. I don't drive. Are you London? You're London based. I'm London based. Yeah. yeah. So do you drive everywhere? Did you drive here? No, 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 not all the time. Like, because I live slightly out of central London, so I can drive. So you can't drive anything within like zone two. No. No. So further out, you're allowed some rage. Yeah, rage. <laughs> oh, it's good. Well, we're going to be talking about more things. We're going to be talking about capital, and my jihad, loads of the projects you've been doing. I'm here. It's Bones Plus One with Hamza Jitua. Bones Plus One. Yes, it is me, Samantha Baines, and... Hamza Jitua. Yeah. My voice didn't break. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Maybe it's because you're saying your own name and you're, like, used to Strong. it. Strong. Strong. Strong, Hamza. <laughs> Good. Uh, you're listening to Baines Plus One. Now, we're going to be talking about Hamza's career, because it's the interview proper. Mm-hmm, proper. Dun, dun, dun. So how did you get into acting? When did you decide, that looks good, I'll do that? I think it was when I was in secondary school, and I was the little nerdy kid with the glasses in year seven. Aww. But then when I found out actually could do impressions of things and do funny voices and accents and things and when I used to do drama lessons and then it's like, oh this is really fun. Um then used to, and then once you get that hit <laughs> you can't ever you can stop never doing go back. it. Yeah. Do you still do impressions? Mm, I wouldn't Oh my goodness it went right. Oh my god in the my mug. microphone just fell in my tea. <laughs> it's fine. It's sort of fine. Yes, live radio. So, um, so you don't do impressions. So you're not even going to give us a tiny little 
just something. I, I think impression might have been the wrong word. <laughs> I always used to think when I was little, not little, but when I was in school, that I could do a David Beckham, but I haven't done it in a long time. But I'll give it a go and it will mm. be terrible. I'm excited. <clears throat> Please welcome David Beckham. Well, basically, um, I'm really happy to be here. And um, yes, yeah, so I've been playing football for about... Well, I'm retired now, and Brooklyn's Brooklyn's really big now, and uh, he's going out with Chloe, and you know it's going really well for me, though. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brooklyn is real. Everyone loves Brooklyn, Brooklyn right now. He can sing. Can he? Is that Brooklyn, or is that the other one? One of them. Can I know he sing. likes skateboards. There was a video. Mm. He likes skateboards. He skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> Great, excellent impression. So. um so it was doing impressions of David Beckham that first got you into acting. No. <laughs> I don't think I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't think Did it you? was that, that that early on. But I don't think my voice had broken. I mean, it's still not broken now. But you know, it's breaking. Um, it, it's we've, on its as way. We've established. It's on its way. Maybe that's why I can do David Beckham a bit. Um, so did you do? So you just did drama at school. Did you ever do like any after school clubs or no, things I, like that? Um, I wish. I could have gone to after school class, but I don't think I really did. I did drama at school and then I did performing arts A-level, where I won student of the year and I've got like a little mini Oscar. The wow. only thing I did win. <laughs> student of the year? Yes, 2006. Um, and then I went to university to do a business degree, Obviously. which was the yeah obvious choice. And then I um, I was in the drama society there. Um, which I was pretty terrible at, and they gave me really <laughs> terrible small roles. Um, no, <laughs> but I didn't deserve any better, so that was fine. I never turn <laughs> up. Um, and then, and then you went to Central. Yeah. So did you go to Central straight off the back of uni? Yeah. Oh wow! And and how did you hear about? So obviously doing business and stuff, and your family yeah, are they it, in the industry? No, not really. It was when I was doing the degree. I mean, I always wanted to keep on acting, and then I was doing. Um, I did a couple of workshops with some theatre companies and then through one of them, when I was in my final year of university, I got into a play at the Arcola, just around yeah. the corner. Um, and from that, I swear, I met my agent who... Then I was like, OK, this is kind of cool. I mean, I've got, I mean, it's really cool play. And um, and then we've got this age. I didn't really know how everything worked, but I knew that my casting wasn't really going to be, you know classical theatre or anything I didn't think I had that in me and I wanted to go more into TV and film so that's when well, well I was auditioning for quite a few drama schools and I got into a couple but Central was the one that I wanted to go to I kind of liked it there because it was acting for screen acting as well acting for screen darling yeah, that's darling. what we did <laughs> so did you stay so you got your agent before drama school not properly we had this relationship where I didn't properly sign on but she would send me out to a couple of meetings if they if they came in yeah and just to kind of test the waters a little bit and are you still with her now yeah oh wow yeah yeah so it's been a long fruitful relationship (laughs) it's been it's been all right it's been good it's been good how would you describe a, a relationship with an agent for people who don't know the industry how does it work it's um i really like my agent because i think she's very honest and tells you things straight and it it so the agent will get the break. For example, if they're going to do a show, let's um, think of a show, let's think of a show, let's think of a show. Let's Silent Witness. Silent Witness. And then they go, right, these are the roles in the show. And then they 
send that to the casting director. The casting director then sends that out to agents. So these are the roles, these are the looks needed, the ages needed, and then the agents submit who they think of their actors can audition for those roles, play yeah. those roles. So they put you up for auditions. Yeah. yeah. They and get then you work. It's kind of how it works. And then if you get lucky in the audition and it goes your way, then you get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you get paid. And you've just been working on Silent Witness, haven't you? I have been working on Silent Witness. Um, it. I didn't expect to get this role that I did. I mean, it's for this... They're, still, they're going to be shooting until November, but I'm in the first episode of this new series. And because it's... It's very dark storyline about trafficking immigrants from um, Calais to Dover and how it's a lot of it's being done illegally. Um, and there's this whole kind of system in place that they're making a lot of money off. But there's a, a group of people who are doing it and one of those people is actually leaving these immigrants to die somewhere in the oh middle of gosh. it. And then the whole investigation is to how is that all happening. But I'm in this group of people trafficking the immigrants. So for the first time, I'm actually not playing a very wholesome nice yeah because you're always very nice well yeah. well let capital <laughs> i loved that series <laughs> it was fun so um this this was based on the book yeah by john lanchester which was a really popular bestseller yeah, i yeah, think best- it's strange when now you see people reading it on the train and you've got the actors on it my face isn't on it but i'm on the <laughs> dvd there you go <laughs> yeah so who do you want to explain your character in capital um yeah uh, capital is basically i saw it as like a cross-section of a road in South London where the house prices are just shooting up and you've got all the different families that live in these houses. And we were... I was in the family of the Kamals with a bunch of really great actors. And um, so the, the plot of the three... The, the three-part miniseries is who's... Was it BBC? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was BBC One and... It, I don't know how to describe it. I'm doing really badly. No, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, but you were basically part of a family who lived in the corner shop, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. Of this road yeah. with all the really expensive houses. Yeah. But you you got quite an interesting character because you were kind of sweet with a little rebel in you. Yeah, I was um, that kind of mummy's boy, yeah. but really playing up. And then towards the end, you see what I've really been up to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was nice to have like being part of a reveal kind of thing yeah. throughout and actually trying to... N- how far to show something that what you're actually up to in a series um yeah it was really good and it was good to do something where to be in every episode of something so you've got like a journey yeah so how how is that different for you because obviously you've done you've been in lots of different things the thick of it and holby and lots of things one episode yeah yeah and then doing sort of longer series like combat hospital and and capital how is that different for you as an actor i think um combat hospital is interesting because we didn't have all the episodes in one go so they would just shoot it in blocks so it was taking your time to go right so what talking to the producers and the writers where do you think the end point in the series is for this character so over the course of 13 episodes where do they start and where do you know how will they be when they finish and it was sort of similar with capital but i knew everything that was going to happen so it was just um it was nice to just sort of take your time and really do all of that prep work that you learn in drama school on something you can properly apply it to because you've got a good journey the actor and how do you approach a role like do you literally just learn the lines and do it or do you like do loads of research um do you have always, a technique i always think i can do more and i think working with directing a lot of actors and stuff like that and you just think you know it well, you see the differences when you put in a hundred percent preparation 
to when you don't put in a up to 100% what I consider to be that. Um, I, I do I mean, I look at the character and I, I look at all, every, all of their scenes and seeing um, what's happening in each scene. And then I try to create a backstory for the character with all the clues I've got. And then, um, and then uh, I treat each scene differently. What's happened before? What's going to happen after? Where am I? What do I want? Um, just try to keep the Stanislavski basic things. Amanda Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is obviously why you're doing so well because you do all this proper. I turn up and I just do it. <laughs> That's kind of my style. I'm um, like, I'm just going to be that woman there saying these things. Um, so, what would you give any tips to sort of young actors listening, or maybe at drama school, or thinking about leaving um, and they're graduating on the industry? What would be your top tips? Um, top. To, I, just, I think the industry, it's changing. I mean, not changing somewhat, but I think a lot of it is. You kind of just have to do well. This is what I. I'm, I've got this. I've got this audition. This is what I can bring to it. Make mm. yourself an option. Make clear choices in the audition. This is how I want to play it. Yeah. And then, if the director gives you direction, be flexible enough to take it to listen to it and take it but then at the end of the day if they don't choose you if you've done 100% you, you, it, it will be for something aesthetic something you know oh, yeah. too tall too short you know that's do this, the hardest that. thing though isn't it and have it, you had a lot of rejection yeah a loads of rejection <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm lucky enough I do audition um, I do audition quite frequently but that also means so I'm guessing the, the, the ratio I'm guessing I'm, I'm on a ratio of about 15 to 1 I'd say um, in wow. terms of actually landing roles. And people don't see that, do they? Because they <laughs> no. just see the thing when you're yeah. on the telly. Yeah, 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 they yeah. don't see all the work that's got into it. Yeah. Oh, well, that, well this is very interesting. <laughs> now, we're going to... There's a dog freaking out because he has a higher ratio than 15 to 1 for <laughs> roles that he auditions for. <laughs> if you had that, just the... Poor, poor guy, poor guy. <laughs> Hamza will give you some tips. Phase plus one. Now it is time for Hamza Jitua, director and actor, to do a bit of directing because you get to interview me. Yes. <laughs> so ask me anything you like. Is it Sam Baines or Samantha Baines? Well, I like to people to call me Sam, but it is Samantha Baines because that is my Twitter handle and I Twitter see. is really important. And yes. it's my web address, <laughs> samanthabaines.com. Okay. So you can call me Sam though. Sam. Because we're mates. Yes, I'm on that. Okay. Um, how did you, how did you get into stand-up comedy? Oh, well, I obviously trained as an actor, as you know, at Central, where mm. you did. And I I just always did the funny, silly roles that people laughed at, the comedy roles. And I was always kind of interested in stand-up, but too scared to do it. Mm -hmm. And I did. I was in a sketch group for three years, and I did that. And I was in other people's comedy shows. And I have a lot of friends who are stand-up comedians. And my friend, the comedian Joe Bohr, said to me, you should do stand-up. Go on, I'll give you tips. You can do it. And then so I did a weekend course with Laughing Horse. Oh, really? How they do you, weekend courses. How did you find it? It was it was great. I, I mean, I thought I was amazing, and then I did a real gig, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not as amazing as I thought. But you basically do a weekend course, and they help you, like, write your first five minutes of material, and then you do a gig at the end. And at the gig, I was hilarious, because it was all the, my 
the people I got to know on the weekend course mm, who yeah, like yeah. liked me already so we're just yeah. laughing it's encouragement. <laughs> and then you invite like your friends and their friends so yeah. everyone's really supportive yeah, yeah, yeah. so I like stormed it and I was like I'm a natural <laughs> yeah. I'm hilarious and then I went into the real world and I wasn't as hilarious and that really stressed me out so the last three years have been a quest to be as hilarious as my first gig I see <laughs> what were the tips that your friend your stand up friend gave you um I don't think he gave me any in the end. No, he did. Um, some tips he gave me were um, find your voice, which is your kind of style and what you want to say about the world mm. in your comedy, and just gig. Do loads of gigs because you learn the more you do. It's like it's like acting. You know, when you leave drama school, you're still all a bit clunky and trying yeah. to put everything together. Yeah. But the more you get in front of a camera, the yeah. more relaxed you feel. Yeah. And the more you know what's going on. Yeah. So you can just focus on your performance. And yeah. I would say kind of gigging is the same, apart from you have to write jokes and test them out as well. And a lot of the time they fail. What was the best heckle you've ever received? I don't really get heckles. Mm. I get evil tweets Evil, as we've yes. discovered um but uh, mainly for like articles i write actually i get evil tweets heckles i i tend to have like supportive heckling yeah like people i do um some material about superfoods and sometimes people just shout out names of superfoods <laughs> so when i say you know superfoods i'll be like broccoli quinoa and i'll be like yes <laughs> yeah. these are superfoods although i once had um my my friend came with her husband to my show and he was very drunk and he heckled me but his heckle was just <laughs> and you couldn't really tell what he was saying it was just it was just slur so that's probably the worst heckler I've ever had. Because <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, I know. I just, I mean, I took the piss out of being <laughs> yeah. drunk, but there wasn't a word that I could take out and really go with there because there were no words. <laughs> um, what, do you tailor your material for audiences dependent on regions or the venue that you're at? Interesting. Well, yes, yes. What well, there's a sort of thing in comedy of of you either do material do material you want to do and your audience comes to you, or you um, please whoever's in the room and tailor your material to them. So obviously a little bit anyway. You would tailor depending on what they laugh more at. You mm -hmm. might push those bits a bit more. But I I used to do quite filthy material and obviously you'll sometimes be in a room like a Saturday night crowd if there's maybe some hen do's or stag do's in they might prefer slightly filthier material than the stuff I do now which is science um, but I try to avoid doing that because I don't like doing that material that much anymore mm. I prefer doing the science but then, but then in that way I kind of I pick gigs that I think are more suited to my style of material. I Obviously, see. sometimes if if I'm if they hate science and I'm in the middle of a set, <laughs> I will then just swap to something that I think that they'll like. Yeah, because I don't want to die in a room. But um, uh, but I try I try and gig now in places where I think that they're going to appreciate slightly more thinky comedy. Oh, I see. And how often do you think you have to um, 
add new material or revise material like because it's something I know comedians do but you kind of just think oh I've always thought well, okay what's the point what's the point they've got actually no I need to add in new jokes or do they do it as they go along well I think it's different people do it in different ways yeah. so I'm writing my hour at the moment well I've written it I'm just trying to make it better at the moment <laughs> written my hour for Edinburgh mm-hmm. so that is that was me writing over the last like year of an hour an hour show and then trying it out I, I like writing jokes all the time yeah because what I'm bad at is then going back and making the jokes I already have better because I'm like I'll just write new ones <laughs> and they'll be better yeah so um, so I I write new jokes quite often um, and I, I normally try and try a new joke at most gigs I do at least once a week but but some people work in a way where they write 20 minutes of material and then they just hone that and get it better and better and better so there's different ways, yeah. I, I like writing new stuff, new stuff but then I write articles and stuff and so I like that format of like write something, send it out into the world write yeah. something new, send yeah. it out into the world yeah. which is probably bad for stand-up comedy <laughs> <laughs> but I'm giving it a go. Yeah. Thank you for interviewing me. Thank you for we having me. We went quite in you. depth. Yeah. The news on Baines Plus One. Sit back and listen to Baines and her guests analysing some of the most important stories breaking this week. Indeed, it's time for the news on Baines Plus One. Hamza Jutua, can you read us the headlines, please? Prepare for the cockroach of the future. Blue toothbrush. Is it... No, is it blue toothbrush or blue toothbrush? I don't know. Um, <laughs> blue, incorrect Turkish helix or helix. Stereo blue lobster capture. And the oldest beer in China. Those are the headlines. Excellent. So first up, prepare for the cockroach of the future. This is quite scary. <laughs> This is Earth Chemical, a Japanese pest control company, are preparing for giant mutant bugs of the future. So (laughs) one of the company's most successful products is a gingerbread house inspired by a miniature killing home for cockroaches known as Gokiburi Hoihoi. I think I did that quite well. Mm, It's a tiny building that entices cockroaches and other pests inside with food smells. And then once they're in, they get stuck on adhesive tape and then they die in a gingerbread house. Why do they make you look so pretty on the outside when it's the house of death? It's the house of death for pests (laughs) inside. Um, So they've uh, initiated new research to develop countermeasures for the future where cockroaches evolve into mutant giants. And, and they have a video and it shows three humans of varying sizes, a scientist, a runner and a sumo wrestler, all attempting to cross a life-size adhesive cockroach killer. Um, but they, they haven't really suggested how seriously they're taking the possibility of mutated cockroaches. But they said all, all tests were a success with the humans failing to release themselves. This is quite scary. How do you feel about this, Hamza? I just, I feel like, do cockroaches fly? They don't do that. No, not yet. Not yet. Not. What if they evolved wings and then they just fly over this adhesive thing? Yeah. Or the house of death. <laughs> or the gingerbread yeah. house, death house. Yeah. I mean, I would be very... I think cockroaches are horrible anyway. Mm-hmm. If they mutated into being, like, massive with wings, that would be the scariest thing. It would be. I think it would be. How big could they get? Like the size of a cat. Imagine a cockroach the size of a cat. I don't mm. want to think about it anymore. 
Blue toothbrush or blue toothbrush. <laughs> this is a toothbrush. I've written my poem on it this week. This is a toothbrush that's been reinvented so you can live stream the contents of your mouth. What? Too much. Dr. Craig Kohler has combined Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technology alongside standard dentistry equipment. It's called the Profix and it's a video toothbrush. It's got a miniature camera lens in its brushes and it transmits a live video straight to your smartphone. Uh, the dentist and inventor encourages users to capture and save short videos and close-up photos of their teeth and gums on their phones. Apparently it's a great way to monitor your oral health. <sighs> Would you use it? I just, I barely have the time to brush my teeth normally. <laughs> I feel like. No, Would I do, this I do brush encourage my teeth. you? No. <laughs> no I do not want to see <laughs> what the toothbrush sees. <laughs> I yeah. don't think the inside of your mouth is a very nice... Thing that you like, yeah, you don't want to like stream it onto your widescreen TV or something, you know. Imagine, it, like, kids come over, <laughs> look at the inside of mum's mouth, or your family come round, you're like, home videos, <laughs> here's my mouth. This was my mouth the day before, and oh, I don't know. I just, there's, some, I think it could be useful for dentists, yes, yeah, yeah, for sure, but I just think in, in. To use personally when you've got things to do and you want... I, I no. don't know where you'd find the time to do that. No. Um, I'm sure someone will. And I'm re- I'd am be really upset if people start sharing videos of the inside of their mouth on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, that would be the new Instagram and Facebook things, isn't it? Like, <laughs> There's enough stuff <laughs> rubbish like, on the... <laughs> like electric toothbrushes going over Yeah, and, there's enough yeah. rubbish on the internet already. <laughs> we don't need the inside of your mouth to be adding to it. Incorrect Turkish helix. This is great. A Turkish <laughs> Nobel Prize winner, um, he's a biochemist, Aziz Sankar. He spotted a scientific error on Turkish currency. So he lives in America. He was visiting Istanbul on a tour and he noticed that the illustration on a five lira banknote, which is a helix, it shows a left-handed Z DNA helix winding from left to right and it should be the other way around. And this has been out, this note has been out since 2009. No one else has noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he noticed this. That is the sort of level of sort of accuracy. Who who would you tell as well? Yeah, how did he... Who would you go to and be like, mate, the banknote's wrong? <laughs> Everything is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Just go into a big bank and be like, excuse me. I've noticed but a mistake. It, yeah, this is one of those things that now, now what? The Turkish Central Bank haven't commented on it. No. So they've got to change it now. Everyone knows mm, they have to. Oh, Fancy getting that? But maybe do you think it's one of those mirror image things? Maybe they they made it originally, but then the printing turned it yes, the wrong way round. Maybe, or maybe it's like a security thing when you hold it up. Like in the line, it turns around. <laughs> this is the correct yeah. way. I See the correct way around. Lovely. Well, thanks, Aziz, for spotting that. Um, stereo blue lobster capture. I didn't know blue lobsters existed. Yeah, me so this is the last <coughs> few days. Two fishermen in um, in Canada on independent boat trips, miles apart from one another, have captured blue lobsters, and these are very rare crustaceans. They're electric blue in colour, and it's due to a rare genetic mutation. Uh oh, think of the cockroaches, yes. um, which produces high level of proteins in the animals, so they go bright blue. And it's it's very rare that the odds of catching a blue lobster are one in two million and two Canadian fishermen caught it 
um, just days apart. And they've speculated it might be the same lobster, but apparently it's too far away. I, th- I did not know blue lobsters existed. No. no. One of the men called his blueberry before he released it back into the world. I like that. The other one called it opal, which is opal. like a more sophisticated lobster, yeah. I think. Blueberry and opal. Did you know this existed? N- no. no. I've never heard of blue Imagine blue lobsters. cockroaches. If you ate a blue lobster, I mean, you can't because they're endangered. But if you ate a blue lobster, would it make your tongue blue? Like WKD? Yeah. Questions. Question. Yeah. (laughs) Now, oldest beer in China. We like Belgian beer. Oh, we've got a picture of blue lobsters. Oh, they're snazzy. We're going to tweet that. They're very, it's like, it really is electric blue. Blue Lobster. It sounds like some, like probably a new club on Kensington yeah. High Street, isn't it, or something? Oh yeah, I'm just heading down to Blue Lobster. Blue Lobster. Meet you there. <laughs> um, oldest beer in China. So you might like Belgian beer. Um, I like Chinese beer. We all do apparently because beer was brewed in China first, five thousand years ago. Five thousand. Yeah, it was uh, brewed in China, drunk all over the place for thousands of years. With Iran thought to be the earliest brewing nation producing beer dating back to 3400 BC. Wow. But um but we've discovered that Chinese were drinking it at a similar date and it's come from storage containers and pots and funnels and they've been found and been used for brewing. Wow. wow. The Chinese invented everything. Yes. They are literally the nation of inventors. Yes. Everything the, cool comes from China. Yeah, brightest intelligent nation in the world <laughs> and, and the earliest beer drinkers yes, yes. maybe the reason they invent all the cool stuff is because they've been pissed for years <laughs> probably and we've not realised I just I, I was one of the, it's one of those things that always I think about like wh- who who made alcohol first and then decided to consume it and go ooh <laughs> this makes me feel good <laughs> let's do more of this I'm going to share this with the world <laughs> yeah. I love it well, we we te- we've learned about blue lobsters and blue lobsters, China yeah. being drunk. Excellent. I just is I'm not going to sleep tonight thinking about this Turkish currency thing though. Um, <laughs> well, we'll have to will check it sorted it? out. Will they you. change it? Will yeah. they change <laughs> all these questions? And <laughs> oh. um, we'll tweet a picture of a blue lobster as well so you can see how electric blue it is. Baines plus one poem of the week on Baines plus one. Yeah, it's time for Poem of the Week. Hamza, do you like our music? Yes, very much so, yes. <laughs> it's quite whistly. Like the end of Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay is quite whistly mm. and it reminds me and my producer Kay of the Robin Hood cartoon. Did you ever watch that when you were younger? No. It's so good. Robin Hood cartoon. It's excellent. Like ah. It's like a Disney cartoon version of Robin Hood with foxes. With foxes? Apparently I was obsessed with it when I was younger. I just watched it over and over again. I'll have to YouTube it and try and find I'll it. I'll find it. It's amazing. Anyway, it's time for Poem <coughs> of the Week. Uh, Hamza, you've written a poem. Yeah. I'm it, very it's excited. It's been a year in the making and you wow. know, to this day, it's a, it's, 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 it's a big deal. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have that second. <laughs> just build up a bit of tension before. Mine was written on the way here, as always, so it's less in the making. Mine was not written on the Northern Line, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is about the Bluetooth toothbrush. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's called Mouthy Video. Here we go. 
mouthy video. Have you ever wanted to see inside your gob? Oh, come on. Don't be a mouth snob. You must have wanted to get a closer look. You loved those x-rays the dentist took, showing them off to all your mates, even them taking them with you on dates. Well, who doesn't love great teeth? Now you can film what's above and beneath. Check out your gums and all those nooks and crannies. Something for the kids and even the grannies. The new Bluetooth toothbrush is the thing to show off all your dental bling. You can stream the image to your phone and share the video or snap on social media groan this could get out of control though it could spiral your gum disease could even go viral wow that's my poem okay you've raised the bar and uh, <laughs> there's just rhymes I'm go- it's hilarious. been a pleasure Sam I'm going to leave now. <laughs> like- no I can't wait to hear your poem <coughs> are you ready <sighs> yeah I, I, there's a bit of context um, okay Actually, no, not that much context, actually. Okay. It's all in Just there. Go it's in. all in it's there. I'm going to go in. Go straight, straight in. Yeah. Hamshir Jutua. Here's your poem of the week. Okay. It's called Phantom of the Tendonitis. <clears throat> On her arm, a cast was elbow to fingers. For a moment, I lingered in thought. On Facebook, she said it was tendonitis, but what? But what had led to this crisis? On Facebook, I read it was from using her phone, not a broken bone, but tendonitis. The twenty-first century, psychology, causing the overuse of technology, made me begin to wonder. I feel pains as I ponder, writing this poem for Sam. Bains. My thumb is hurting, or is it phantom pains? I should get off my phone. I'm holding it right now. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you couldn't see, but Hamza went <laughs> like with a hand gesture. Like at I the tried end. to like, drop the Whoa. mic, but you know the mics are attached here, so I couldn't. Um, <laughs> no one's ever worked my name into the poem before. Really, this is very impressive. I just and uh, rhymed it with pain. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I, I feel bad because the person I based this on, so my friend Sophie, put put a picture of up on her arm of her arm on Facebook, and instead of actually calling her or something to just ask her how she is, because I didn't think I was like, do I WhatsApp her? Or text her to ask how she is because she's is she using her phone? Do yes. I call her? It's eleven forty-five at night. Do I call her now? And then I just ended up writing a poem about her. So wow. you know, is that the Sophie that's been tweeting us? Probably yes, yes, yes. Sophie, <laughs> there you go. That one's for you. Thanks for all your tweets, by the way. You can carry on tweeting at Samantha Baines B A I N E S. Baines plus one. Oh, Hamza Jitua. It's been amazing. It's been emotional. Thank you for coming on Baines Plus One. Thank you for having me. And guys. writing a poem. I know. I mean, I, it, was, it was the poem that was waiting to be told, I think. And yeah, I think it I think was. people have to address phantom pains and tendonitis in, you know, in mainstream media. It, it's something it? I've always thought about, actually, and yeah. I'm really glad someone, you know, brought it into the mainstream. Yeah. So we're going to... You, you, you've tweeted it. Not yet. I wasn't quick it. enough because I'm half thinking, does my thumb hurt? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will uh, immediately. It's just that the song's finished so quickly. 
so quickly. <laughs> it's just got and it's flown lo- by. And they're all lovely songs. Sometimes when I'm, you know, listening to radio stations, you just look for the right song. But here it's just been like on fire. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Thanks, Leon, <laughs> producer who selects all the songs. Um, <laughs> so uh, we should talk a little bit about directing. So we haven't talked about that. So you, you've got an amazing acting career. You've been doing loads of TV and film. Um, and, and now you're directing as well. Yes. So your have you what have you directed so far? I've directed three short films, and yeah, I've directed three short films. The first one I did, I kind of got really lucky because it 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 was initially a play at, from the Clark and Roll Studio, and then um, I picked it up because I had an idea what it would look like visually, and it was about two men who are disposing of something in a bin, and then they find a teddy bear, and it brings they're two kind of big burly Cockney men. Um, and then it brings them back to their childhood for a moment and then they end up shooting the thing that they put in the bin because it was actually a body that came back alive. Wow. <laughs> and it's called Bin Men. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but that did really well. That, that got commissioned for a small, very small grant but through the, arts, through the Arts Council and then um, it went on to quite a few festivals and I got a distribution deal in Japan with it. Great. Randomly. So I've, I need to purchase the t-shirt I'm big in Japan. I've been meaning to do that for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And and you're pitching lots of projects at the moment yeah. so we can look out for more. Hopefully more. Yeah, I've just finished a mockumentary that I did with the Central School of Speech and Drama, the course that we did and w- um, our tutor allows me to shoot one of their films. So we got um, seven of them and we made a mockumentary about... Um, people who are obsessed with getting more likes on social media and more followers and it's like a cult. Oh my god, it's about my life. It's like a cult group that they go to and the leader can bring them to do this by having selfie surgery and all of these things to make them more beautiful but they're beautiful monsters. Um, so that was really good fun and we've, we're almost finished on the final cut of that and I can't wait to start sending that out to festivals so hopefully Great. it can get picked up more as well. Yeah. yeah. And there's a feature film as well where trying to work towards and a couple of other short films we want to do because it's so competitive out there so yeah. you to make your work very very good well, amazing we're looking forward to seeing more and we can see you at the moment on iPlayer in my jihad yes. yes and that started out as a short film yeah and then it started out as a short film in 2014 when it came up it was a new scheme by the BBC called Original Drama Shorts and they were putting them up on BBC iPlayer it was that half kind of slowly starting to go towards BBC Three coming online and I think uh, then they also we but the one that I was in did really well my jihad as a short film did really really well and um, the producers the exec producer of drama there wanted to turn it into a miniseries so they mm. commissioned three more um, 15 minute shorts so it so then we all went back and it was good to go back with a team that you've enjoyed working with and then to bring the story back and resurrect a character again and yeah. it was really good fun and I got very lucky with that um, and it's brilliant. You should definitely check it out on yeah, iPlayer. on iPlayer. My, my G hat. It's got its own page as well and everything. Oh, so hello. It's looking nice there. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. We, and we can look out for you in Silent Witness as yes, well. Yes, Silent Witness. Do we know when that's out? No idea. <laughs> some point. Some point. But the this next year. series of Silent Witness, maybe this year. Episode yeah. one. Episode one. We'll look out for yeah. you. Thank you very much. You can follow Hamza on Twitter. Hamza Gitoa. And that's... G J E E T O O A. Yes. All the vowels. All the vowels. Nearly.
<laughs> do follow him on Twitter and keep up to date with what he's doing. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Sam. I shall be back next week, of course, from t- 12 till 2 with the brilliant Shazia Mirza, stand up oh, comedian. Her. She's good, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. She's coming on. Um, so uh, have a lovely, lovely week. I'll see you next week. Baines Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. This week's episode was sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Thanks for listening. Please follow me on Twitter at Samantha Baines, B A I N E S. And don't forget to share the podcast and subscribe, please, with a nice little review. That would be lovely. Thanks so much.